This is Ohiro Oni Isele. Ruminations is the podcast where I discuss matters of life. My blog article on June 14, 2016 was titled, When the Lights Go Out. That article was motivated by the fact that two days prior, that is on June 12, 2016, a gunman had walked into the Pulse nightclub in Orlando, Florida, and killed 49 people who had done nothing to him. Yes, 49 people. That was a mass shooting, which is defined as any murder of three or more people at one time. I expected that as soon as television cameras shifted away from the scene of that horrific act, the act itself and the victims will fade from the consciousness of a nation that had become so accustomed and shamefully immune to the trauma of gun violence. I knew that because that is how we are. I was right. Did I say that the year was not even yet six months old at the time that Orlando happened? Yet there had already been 133 mass shootings in the United States. But that wasn't a prominent discussion in the news because in every one of those instances, the media had already left and with them, the memory of our nation. Since that blog article on June 12, 2016, we have had several hundreds of mass shootings. Too many mass shootings to even count. But here are just a few. September 23, 2016, Burlington, Washington, five dead. January 6, 2017, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, five dead. June 5, 2017, Orlando, Florida, five dead. October 1, 2017, Las Vegas, Nevada, 58 dead. November 5, 2017, Sutherland Springs, Texas, 26 dead. February 14, 2018, Parkland, Florida, 17 killed in that high school. May 18, 2018, Santa Fe, Texas, 17 dead, actually 10 dead. October 27, 2018, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, 11 people were killed in a Jewish temple while worshiping. November 7, 2018, Thousand Oaks, 
12 dead. February 15, 2019, Aurora, Illinois, 5 dead. May 31, 2019, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 12 dead. August 3rd, 2019, El Paso, Texas, 22 dead. The following day, August 4, 2019, Dayton, Ohio, 9 dead. That blog article that I wrote in response to Orlando remains apt today, and in the wake of the massacres that have just happened in El Paso, Texas, and Dayton, Ohio this week, I have been moved to share the sentiments that I expressed in that blog article with only minor revisions. Today, as I did then, I mourn with the families of the victims, although I did not know either the victims or any of the family members. In an underlying spiritual way, I can think of them as family and friends because I am conscious of the unfolding and unspoken experiences in the journey of my own human experience, a journey which only my Maker fully understands. Therefore, as I approach the twilight of my human existence, I am increasingly reminded of my connectedness to others, even those that I might have felt the urge to abhor at certain points in my life. To say that I am frustrated by the frequent spit of murderous violence by gun-wielding haters in the United States would be an understatement. Of course I am frustrated by the level of violence around the world, and I have written about that reality in many countries, including the land of my birth. But that is not what this article is about. Nor is it about the degree of my frustration, or even about me. It is instead about the United States, and our unwillingness to stem the tide of spiraling violence in this country. In a country where we emphasize our collective identity and our strongly held belief in choice, as well as its associated consequences, it is increasingly baffling to understand why incidents like this should not be considered within the context of our collective choice and human and our, and, and our consequences. I recall that incident after incident, President Obama addressed this country and begged for support to restrict access to assault weapons. Each time, our political representatives rejected his pleas in our name and chose to allow deafening megaphones to be turned up against the president from our homes, our streets, our churches, and legislators across our country, especially the United States Con Congress. 
we did that despite knowing that the next mass shooting was just around the corner and that the death toll might be higher than the one that just occurred. The consequences of our collective choice are always the same. Another incident of mass killings by assault weapons. Then media lights that shine on the new city and the mourners for a week or so. And then we move on and we forget. But as I have followed the news reports, it has been difficult to maintain a steady state of emotions without asking questions that I know I will ask again and again until we give up on our collective amnesia. How is it that an American can go into an American club, a supermarket, a restaurant, a Gallic festival, a family event, a house of worship, or a school, and carry out such an assault on innocent people who did not know him, and we are not at war with him? Why is it that he will send them to their grave so prematurely just because he could? How is it that in so short a time after the incident, supposedly religious people of faith that include my faith applaud the killings as they did with the Pulse nightclub and do over and over again? and try to justify such dastardly acts through religious lenses that are warped at best. How is it that we can go to bed and wake up every morning knowing that this too shall pass, but also knowing that nothing will be done legislatively to stop the next mass killings from occurring? How is it that we can even think that emphasizing that the location of a mass modern was a gay club or a Vegas strip or anywhere at all makes it all right for one of us to go there and kill our brothers and sisters who God made in his own image, just like every one of us. How is it that we can avoid grieving as a nation? when so much of the rest of the world recognizes the hurt and griefs over what has happened here? How is it that so many of us act as if the power of life and death is in our hands? How is it that we can act and speak as if we have been granted the right to determine who belongs or who does not belong in heaven or even in this world? How did our world get to this place where man now seems to believe that God was wrong when he said, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy? Or that Paul was wrong when he said that if righteousness was based on the law, then the death of Christ was in vain. In all of this, I have become convinced that our world's biggest and toughest blight is our hatred for others who do not fit the mold that we prescribe. We argue over assault weapons despite knowing that their only purpose is to kill. Yet we must have them because we are so full of hatred toward others 
and we want to be able to kill them when we decide to. We hate when we should love, and we become arrogant when we should be humble and compassionate. We judge when we shouldn't, and then we hate even more. In our judgment, arrogance and hatred, we diminish the value of others and fail to realize that God made them as they are. So we refuse to accept that it is God's choice, not ours, to have a place for his children in his mansion, and that God will do that regardless of what we feel are their moral feelings, because morality is not righteousness, and righteousness is not morality. Today, tomorrow, and every day for the foreseeable future, Media lights will continue to shine on El Paso, Texas, and Dayton, Ohio, until most of the murdered victims are buried, or until the next mass gun killings occur. At this moment, I am concerned about what happens when the lights go out. I am concerned because I know that this incident will again fade from our collective consciousness because that is what always happens. El Paso will fade, Dayton, Ohio will fade from our collective consciousness because that is what always happens. But when lights go out is when the true character of a person or a society comes true. On this fact, we have not been at our possible best as a society. May I never forget Sandy Hook, Orlando, Las Vegas, Parkland, El Paso, Denton, or any of the others, even when the lights go out. <laughs>